So I'm watching this show last night with my wife, and about 10 minutes in, I'm basically yelling at the TV. And she uh, finds me funny enough that uh, this wasn't bothering her. But why I did it was there's this guy on a TV show we watch, a reality show, and he is a self-professed lifestyle. Basically, he's there to help you figure out your life and go forward and kind of find the best you. This is uh, Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap. So he is working with folks, and it's kind of tough for me because what he does is he'll take someone aside who, let's say, who is overweight and lacks self-esteem and is finding that his wife might not find him as sexually attractive as they did when they first got married or something like that. So what he starts doing is he starts showing this individual what they are doing wrong. You're too self-deprecating. You're too, you don't care enough about your physical appearance. You are X, Y, Z. But then the way he solves this is he'll say, tell me some things you like about yourself. Tell me what you think is good. And then here's the things you're doing wrong. Here's the things you need to do. It's very, very basic. You need to stop telling people that you're fat. And I have a hard time with this in the same way that I have a hard time with the transformative weekend. If I have a seminar or I do a speech, I try and give people my overview, which I think lends legitimacy to my ability to speak with some kind of expertise on the subjects that I represent. Then I will try and give, I'll, you know, I'll try and give some people some things that may seem eye-opening. And then I try and give you the tools to go forward and implement in your life. Because it's, I'm not going to say it's easier, but the systems that sell the way I've seen it are the ones that give you, here are five steps to radically change your life in 20 minutes. That's going to be more appealing than something that would be like talk therapy, lots of money, do it the rest of your life, and you're never going to be done, but it'll increase the capabilities emotionally and the value you give to yourself and your relationships will benefit. So transformative weekends and a guy coming into your life or a gal coming into your life, a coach, and changing you in a short period of time is difficult for me to accept because I've seen a lot of this. I've been, I've known a lot of people who do this and I've gone to a ton of seminars. So motivation is one of those things that is pretty easy to do. Watch Rocky, you know, listen to a, a song, Lady Gaga or something like that. Afterwards, you have this charge in your chest due to rhythm or due to a storyline that excites you that makes you want to go out there and conquer the world. The problem with that is it's like caffeine. It wears out, but it's not going to be sustainable. What we want to do in life is set up habits, gosh, isn't that a dirty word, and routines, even a dirtier word, that will serve you going forward. And that is the real name of the game. Now, that can start with something that's motivating. You don't want to walk out on stage, like in my case, and be like, are you ready to be bored? That's not how it's going to be. You have certain things that have to cut through the layers of a person's ego. You need to be able to say things that excite folks to be able to listen to you. But I have a hard time with this look in the mirror and realize you're worth it. And then that person, this guru goes away and then you're supposed to wake up the next day and feel like you're worth it. As a matter of fact, I feel these kind of coaches or speakers who go out there and try and get you to do these things in a day or two may actually be harmful. And it's not their fault. They don't know this. And almost everyone who goes to these seminars who already felt less than perfect when they arrived at the decision to seek help. 
then they find out, hey, you know, you can do all of this stuff. Isn't that exciting? Now, if it's a group environment, they talk to their friends who were at the same seminar on the weekend and they go, you know, I, I felt good about it in the room, but I don't feel as excited now. And then the normal people will be like, oh, I feel excited. I'm so excited. But then once the weekend's over, you go back and you feel worse than you did, let's say on a Monday, uh, because you thought, oh, this is going to change me. You feel great on the weekend and then you feel bad on the Monday. It's almost like a hangover. When I was a kid and I had childhood wasn't always a laugh riot, to put it mildly, and I would do something like go to Disneyland and then I'd come back home uh, Going back to school and dealing with the day-to-day life that was really tough made was made worse by having that reprieve from the pain. It almost is like I needed an incremental increase in the understanding of joy as opposed to this almost heroin spike of this is how other people can be, this is how other people's lives are, and this is how enjoyable life can be. Not to say that Disneyland or a great weekend is not a good thing, but when speaking specifically to trying to jumpstart your life in a direction of change, positive change, I think it kind of needs to come, if it's a big transformative weekend, it has to come with tools that will feed you when you're not at the big meal of this, you know, this weekend or this, or this seminar. Because without that, all you're doing is going to make a person feel bad that the weekend afterwards isn't as exciting. And I think that's really what comes down to one of the first things that I said when I started this, which is the difference between motivation and persistence. And motivation is just one of those things that is fleeting and staying with something is going to take a different skill sets. You really have to have a big enough reason. You see people who've lost weight. You see people who've changed their attitude. You see people who've gone from raging alcoholics to, you know, sober pillars of their community. Any of these people have made a decision once and that was made by an emotional, usually some kind of event that was large enough that propelled them into a big decision. But then all those seconds inside those minutes of the day were small, but that fractional stuff was what gave them the amount of time to actually have significant change. Anything that you're going to do, anything you're going to start. I used to say when I was a personal trainer to the people who are trying to get into the gym, If you can't get to the gym, first time you're trying to get to the gym, just go in the parking lot, park, don't even go to the door. Second time you go, go to the door, touch the door, leave. Third time, go to the desk, say hi, and leave. Now, obviously, these seem like things that aren't going to work, but what I was getting the person to do was that maybe they actually do go to the parking lot and not go into the gym. But the second time when they touch the door, they actually do go in the gym. But what I'm trying to get them to do is so simple that there's no emotional objection to the doing of it, right? So if I had said, go to the gym tomorrow, I want you to do two hours of cardio, one hour of you know anaerobic workout, and then I need you to eat only salads for the next week, that's overwhelming to the psyche. It's like someone in, in the show that I was watching, the catalyst for this podcast, saying, look in the mirror and know you're worth it. Even though the person who was in this show was dealing with 10 to 15 years of legitimate confidence issues brought on by real situations in their life that made them feel less than. So I think it is just those baby steps bringing you to a point where you are ready to emotionally start to make a move in the right direction. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, and I'm paraphrasing as always, I don't walk quickly, but I never walk backwards. Much of my life, the same thing can be said. So much so that I'm not really even aware of how 
much a thing has changed until I'm reminded of it. And then I go, oh, wow, that's been 10 years. That's been two years because I've been so focused on the day to day of it. I just want people to know who have gone to one of those seminars or watched a movie or watched The Secret or watched something and, you know, had a coach or a therapist. And they're like, oh, why didn't that work? I think that a lot of it had to do with the person who was speaking to you, setting up unrealistic expectations of how quickly this would be digested into your psyche. And then also you projecting false images of the speed in which transformation takes place. So you really have to look at your change and it helps me to take photos or to journal to really see where you were so you can mark that progress. And when you're feeling weak, you can look back and go, wow, I really did look different. Or wow, look at how I was writing back then. I actually do that. Realize that that first step should be applauded you know, and and that you really have done something monumental in that first step. The 10th step, that's incredible too. But if you work at it one day at a time and you keep telling yourself the things that you know you need to, I am worth it, I am loved, I am worthy of this on a daily basis, that's good. I just don't think that that's going to happen overnight. And I don't think you should feel that way either. I think you should actually give yourself a break if you failed in the past, because my ingredient for success is as many failures as it takes. So it's kind of flipping, you know, the definition of what failure is. My life literally, and the name of this podcast was going to be the world's greatest failure, meaning that you'll find out later. But if I ever have anyone on this show, that's a friend of mine, they'll tell you I failed it more than just about anyone I've ever met. But behind each one of those failures was a pitch in the right direction, or it was a thing that just needed to happen. I I needed to be really bad at rock climbing before I got decent at it. That's just how it is. Nothing you do in life is going to start easy. And if it does, like my wife or certain people where they have an easier time physically and mentally, that those kind of people don't always stick with something, you know, because things just come too easily. So the people who have a tough time, most of the people I'm assuming are going to listen to this podcast, realize you have to suck at something for a while before you get good. So get busy being bad at something for long enough so that you can get through that and and also enjoy the process and realize that you know you don't get to make a first step without that first step being tough and that eventually it'll get easier because you have countless examples of this in your life so i appreciate you guys listening to me please make that first step in whatever it is you're trying to do and re, you know just know that that in itself is huge And tomorrow, worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow, you know, make that second step. And you're not going to see the dramatic changes that you may want, but if you look back a year from now, you're going to be blown away at the results. Thanks a lot.